Welcome to Asked and Answered, the podcast series that answers all your missions-related questions. With me in the studio are Ron and Karis Pierce. Hi, guys. Hi, Joy. Okay, so my question today is, can you explain to our listeners what Empower means when you use the term the National Church? Okay, well, there's a phrase that I want to go through and describe, which I think we're going to try to analyze a sentence here, and I'm going to read it to you, Joy, and then uh, we'll take it apart. Okay, so it says this, when Empower uses the term the National Church, we are referring to the indigenous Bible-believing disciples of Christ who are resident in their country or region of birth and who are enthusiastically growing in Christ while purposely sharing their faith openly and assertively. All right. So let's start at the very beginning on that. And There's take a lot in there. That's quite There's a lot. <laughs> but it's, it's a one sentence that sort of encompasses what we mean. Because people today um, don't really understand when we use the word sometimes. It's becoming more and more common. But um, they still use the word indigenous, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, the indigenous church, obviously, is like indigenous people to the land. They were there first. Right. And um, that's good, except that overseas, they talk to even amongst themselves about the national church. So here we go. When Empower uses the term the national church or the indigenous church or the churches there, we are referring to the, here's the word, indigenous Bible-believing disciples of Christ. Okay, now here's the difference. In many countries, you're going to have two distinct groups of Christians. One would be the organized um, churches in the country who go by the name Christian, but do not believe in being born again. They do not believe in a, a, a work of transformation within a person's life once they give their life to the Lord. So therefore, these people would say Christianity is a religion of outward belief in a God, and they believe many times that Jesus was God. Sometimes they don't. Um, And they believe that that's their Christian principle. So they they live by the rules of being good people under the Christian teaching. All right? Sometimes it's more like a title, too. It is. There's not much life in it Mm -hmm. in many churches. And I'm not going to go into naming names or anything, but I think people can read between the lines enough to realize that these are churches that are Christian in name only, but maybe not in practice or in teaching, preaching, believing. Well, in recent years, you've, you've transitioned to the use of the word believer. Totally. As well. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I hardly even use the word Christian anymore. Right. Because it is so twisted now. And I talk about disciples, believers, people that are committed to following Jesus. Right. Something of that nature. So that's why here we go. They're indigenous to their country. That means that they are. Um, They don't need passports or um, something to um, come back to their country. They're they're residents there. And they are Bible-believing. To believe the Bible means that it is true. It is the pathway to eternal life. God gave it to us for a reason. He had to explain to us and have something to hold on to as to this is the book that describes how to find me. Hmm. And so they are Bible-fully-believing disciples of Christ. Disciples of Christ, they are born again, and they are residents in their country or region of birth. It doesn't need to be 
one specific country. It could be in the National Church of, um, oh, what should I say, North Africa, or um, in the Kosovo, Albania region. Middle East, would that call No, that, that, it would, it's still in Europe, okay. but it would be in that part of Europe. And they, their borders don't mean much because their people are scattered across. Sometimes we talk in Southeast Asia about the National Church of, say, Vietnam. But there are tribal groups within Vietnam that go right across the border, right. and they're in Laos and Cambodia, et cetera, and those people don't even worry about countries. So they're talking about their people group that are indigenous, and therefore that's their identity um, uh, that they know of. So these are residents in their country or region of birth and who are enthusiastically growing in Christ. They have made a commitment. They're growing not only in numbers, but in depth, their walk with God, um, everything. The, the key word, enthusiastic. Yeah, that's a good word. The, well, it's because that word came from entheos in the Greek, to be in God. Oh. So a person that was in God was defined as being enthusiastic. Well, well, well. I never knew that. You that didn't is know very that? no, I didn't. Oh. I just like the word enthusiastic. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that where it came informing. from. Thank to you. A person that is in God wow. automatically, it is believed, becomes enthusiastic. Huh. All right. They are enthusiastically growing in Christ while purposely sharing their faith openly and assertively. Hmm. In other words, these people aren't hiding it in their hearts. No, they are going by what it talks about, that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you are saved. All right? Okay. And therefore, these people say, yes, I'm a believer. I stand up tall for Jesus. I'm proud of it. Everything of that nature. And I am going to tell everybody else all who is in my vicinity, I'm going to be open with them with about it, and I'm going to be assertive. I am a believer, and you should be too. Hmm. All right? Right. So that's preaching 101. Um, you display it, and you tell them. So this is why this sentence sort of encompasses, and it draws a picture of what a Christian in a third world most of the time, mm -hmm. but in national churches around the world— what they believe, how they act, act uh, they operate. And this is why, to me, all this phrase, this little sentence that we put together, it really describes the difference between a religion and a relationship. And it really encompasses all countries that Empower works with. Oh, it is. We look right. for this. It, we'll, we'll walk in, and if there's not a strong national church, mm -hmm. born-again believers, um, we will try to help it to grow. Or if it's at a stage where they don't want to grow and it's stagnant, it's flatlined, shall we say. Mm -hmm. um, some people say it's a dead church. Um, we probably will have to temporarily, until it comes alive, move on. Um, that's when God would need to revive it. Right. And therefore, a national church is the church that is a born-again church within that country or region. And would they have missionaries in—so in, we work with the national church. Mm -hmm. um, now, in these countries, there's still foreign missionaries that come— but they wouldn't necessarily be a part of the national church. Sometimes, well, no, they are probably, okay. but sometimes they're transplants in, mm -hmm. and um, they they would not be regarded necessarily as the backbone. They can help. Foreign missionaries are in there to share, to mm -hmm. witness, to do all sorts of things, teach in Bible schools, medical missions, whatever the case may be. Right. But in 
the purest form of the national or indigenous church is the idea that these are the people of the land. Missionaries come and go. Right. They're visitors. Whereas the indigenous church is staying. Yeah. That's their home. And that's why they have the biggest impact. Totally. Right. Totally. Because they are not visitors. They're not deemed that way by their people. I don't know if you can answer this, but how would you, in your opinion, or what you've seen, uh, how does the national church view foreign missioners, missionaries? Many ways. Um, they, they look at them as helpers. They give them honor that they're trying to assist. Sometimes the national missionaries are very, very good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they are uh, anchor on the activities of the national church, you have to be honest. And anchor as they weigh them down? They weigh them down, okay. keep them back. Um, they're, they're, not, they're not the best of examples in certain situations. Okay. That's not all the time. So don't, don't, don't make these blank or right. all-encompassing rules that I'm trying to put down or examples. But I'm just saying they can be all over the map. And um, you have to really look at the missionary. You have to look at the intent of the organization that they are part of, all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But so there's no way of saying a missionary is good, bad, or indifferent. Right. It's not that. Sometimes you will have to realize that you have to focus, everybody has to focus their attention on the national church not on the visitors that are coming in to help. Right. Our goal is to build up at Empower the national church planting networks within these countries. Part of that comes out of this phrase, Joy, because remember it says at the very end, um, um, these are growing in Christ while purposely sharing their faith openly and assertively. That really subliminally sort of talks about the idea these are going to be church planting networks that the national church raises up to be able to plant these congregations of all these people coming to the Lord. Therefore, we just don't stop with evangelism like one-offs um, and just you know win somebody to the Lord and drop them off. No, they have to be put into a cohesive group of other believers with the teacher, good teaching, um, good mentoring in many regards, and therefore you've got to put them in those environments to grow. And empower and looks, remain. that's what we look for, oh. a, a church planting network, something exactly. that's established and growing so we can come alongside exactly. and help that. And we provide the tools and the resources to help feed that, to help mm -hmm. grow it and Bibles, New Testaments, motorcycles, uh, short-term support, whatever it is. But we don't start the movement. No. God has to start that movement. God will take that church planting network and and grow it up. We help out with the growing up. Hmm. But people have often asked me in years past, well, how many of these networks have you started? Zero. Not <laughs> one. Not even mm -hmm. close to it. Because those have got to be born within the country themselves by their own people. It's such an important distinction to make that we have not started these movements and power comes along to support it. Yes. It's very, it's... We're yeah. just the fertilizer. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We just want them to grow. But mm. God will raise up his own church of his own people living in these countries. Transplants last for a while, but not for long. Mm -hmm. um, they, they usually have their day until they're nationalized. Now, sometimes you'll get missionaries back in the 1750s, 1800s that went into a certain country, started a lot of foreign churches there, 
and um, and you know they were there, and everybody knew they were a foreign church, and they were the Christian church, mm-hmm. all of that. Well, over the years, the missionaries have gone home, left for whatever reason, and the churches honestly have been nationalized. Hmm. And now it's got national leadership. They've got national standards. They uh, operate in a very um, normal way for that culture and that society and everything like that. It's not foreign anymore. It sort of morphed into something that is national. And then we would come alongside that and help it grow because it changed from a one-off church big cathedral sort of situation to a network of churches all fanning out. Hmm. And in that way, you'll see a transformation going on in the country. So it all depends on where you are in history. And to quickly revisit my new favorite word, enthusiastic, (laughs) um, I'm just wondering if, um, well, I'm not wondering, I'm I'm kind of stating something. That's what's missing in North America, I think, to enthusiastically share our faith. I think that as Christians, we become so comfortable, um, complacent, and if we could just get the enthusiasm that the National Church has. Exactly. Hmm. Enthusiasm doesn't come out necessarily in bubbly emotion. Mm-hmm. It, it Enthusiasm comes out in a powerful discharge of the life of Christ within a person in their ordinary way of doing life. Mm-hmm. Therefore, there's just got to be some... <sighs> It's a determination, but it's a bubbling over more than anything else. Enthusiasm uh, is just something that comes out naturally out of a person with some force. It's not frothy. It's not bubbles. It's It can't be contained. It can't be contained, and it's got a, a power behind it that is unusual. Hmm. And that unusual power is the Holy Spirit that those people that live in God Will possess. Hmm. If they're not in God, they won't have enthusiasm. They will go to church, they will walk in, they'll sit there, they'll do their thing, and they'll walk out. But they're not in God. Uh, they are in religion. Hmm. And religion is not enthusiastic. It, 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 there's nothing about it that's that way. But that's when you're a believer. You can, you can spot a person that is in God by what comes out in the way of enthusiasm. Okay. Well, thank you. That's great.